Happy Easter. Welcome to Vineyard Church Online. I want to say a special hello to all the kids and teens out there. We're really glad you're with us. Um, I'm Lisa Mulcahy. My husband, Pat, and I are the lead pastors here at Vineyard Church, and we're really glad you're here. It's certainly an unusual Easter this year. Um, usually we'd have the most people here at the church, um, but obviously that's not going to happen right now. So, but we're glad we can be together online, and if you are joining us for the first time today, we're especially glad that you're with us. And I don't know if you've noticed, but this whole online church thing has been kind of a steep learning curve for us. Uh, we're figuring out what works, what doesn't work, uh, trying to make a, a great worship experience for all of us. Uh, and that's been challenging, but it's been really good to have Joe and Jamie Birch helping us with that. Without them, I don't know what we would have done. So thank you, Joe and Jamie. And thanks everyone so much. Those of you who've been giving to the church during this time when we're not physically together, it really means so much to us. It enables us to do all the things that we wanna be doing as a church during this time. And the easiest and best way to give right now is online with recurring giving. Uh, if you're already doing that through our website, we want to thank you. That helps us out so much. Uh, if you want to set that up, it's really easy. Just go to our website, vineyardchurch.co, and uh, you'll find it there. So thank all of, the, all of you who've been giving so generously. That is what enables us to be a generous church. Hi, I'm Erica, the youth pastor at Vineyard Church. I want you to know a few ways that you can stay connected over the next coming weeks. One is Facebook Cafe. That's a really cool way for us all to get on Facebook and just tell what we've been up to that week. Another one is the Facebook Live videos every night at 7 p.m. These are short devotionals just to help you stay connected with God and us. Another one is if you're interested in following Jesus or you're having faith questions, we're going to be offering a class this Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Zoom. That's a great place to come and just get connected and learn about next steps of following Jesus, about faith, or whatever it may be. We also have Bible studies that are starting on Zoom. We have a brand new one starting this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. You can access all this on our Facebook page or go to the vineyardchurch.co website. One of the best ways to stay connected is by making sure you're filling out the connection card. The connection card can be found in the upper tab or in the live window. We want you to know that you can receive prayer at any time. We have people ready and available to pray with you. So to begin the message today, uh, Lisa's going to read the Easter story from Matthew 28. It says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, 
He has risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. You know, I had kind of a, a difficult time deciding what to talk about this Easter. You know, just I think with all the stuff going on with the virus, everybody being isolated at home, it was just hard to focus and think about it, hard to, to hear God about what he might want to say to us uh, this morning. Um, so I ended up after wrestling with it for a while, just deciding to take a couple of days off of working on it and, and let it kind of simmer and think about it and pray about it. And uh, one morning during that time, Lisa and I went for a walk. We actually go for a walk every morning at about six o'clock. And that particular morning, she said that the evening before, she'd been thinking about how the, the story of the resurrection is all about Jesus moving from death to life and how it's an invitation to us to move from death to life. So that just really resonated with me. And I started thinking about it and, and uh, pondering that a bit. And, um, you know, I was thinking about how that's something we know doesn't normally happen. You know, you don't usually move from death to life. I, I studied science back in my high school and college days. That was my focus of study. And I learned a lot of the laws of physics, the laws of nature. You know, we know that things fall down. They don't fall up because of gravity. Water <laughs> flows downhill. It doesn't flow uphill. Entropy happens, as we used to say. You know, things fall apart over time. They don't just come together by themselves. If you don't clean your house, it won't get cleaned by itself. Uh, and life is the same way. Life moves toward death, not the other way around. Now, the thing is, though, is you can cause the opposite to happen. You can throw a ball up into the air and it'll go up against the force of gravity for a little while. Uh, airplanes and rockets can fly. They can uh, take off from the earth and go up into space. Uh, you can pump water uphill. But, but to do any of those things, there has to be some kind of an infusion of power from somewhere. Some power from outside of that object has to flow into them that will enable them to work against the forces of nature. You know, it reminded me even of the old Frankenstein movies uh, uh, from long ago, of how they must have caught that same idea because you would have you know, this dead body on the table and, and to make it come back to life and be the monster they were trying to create, they would have it hooked up to this elaborate setup with uh, all sorts of electrical power running into it with the idea that they had to somehow put the power into the body to bring it back to life. To overcome the laws of nature requires an infusion of power. Well, that brought to mind the story of the earthquake caused by the angel in Matthew's gospel. You know, that's kind of a strange story, and it's only found in Matthew's gospel. Uh, and it's speculated that, that the other three gospel writers, Mark and Luke and John, didn't include it because they were writing primarily to audiences who were non-Jewish for the most part. 
And uh, they were maybe thinking that, you know, the story of Jesus rising from the dead is already spectacular enough to add another strange element to that story might just make it almost unbelievable to everybody and they would just throw the whole thing out. Matthew, on the other hand, was writing to a primarily Jewish audience, Jewish believers, it's believed. And these Jewish believers had grown up steeped in the Old Testament scriptures, steeped in the stories of of God working in powerful ways to accomplish his purposes. And when he would do that, it would often show up in ways in the earth. So for example, when, when God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, he parted the waters of the Red Sea so that they could pass through it. And when God uh, invited Moses up onto Mount Sinai to receive the law, the Ten Commandments, uh, the mountain shook and smoked. So when, when God was working to accomplish his purpose, his power was released in ways that were manifested in the earth. So to these Jewish believers, the story about an angel causing an earthquake wasn't just some strange part of an already spectacular story. It was a sign for them. It was a signal that God was at work accomplishing his purposes and that his power was being released uh, in a way to do what he wanted to do. I read a story just this week uh, that took place during a, a, a really horrific earthquake in Armenia in 1989. It was an 8.2 magnitude earthquake that shook the entire country uh, and flattened the cities, flattened villages. In four minutes, it left 30,000 people dead. Well, in the midst of that chaos, there was this one man, a father, who was in one of the towns. His home had been destroyed, but he survived. Uh, So he was outside the home and, and he was thinking about his son who had gone to school earlier that morning. So he he ran through the the winding city streets to get to the school where his son had gone. And when when he got there, what he found was the entire school had been destroyed. It was just a pile of rubble. So he, he stumbled over the debris, he made his way to where the corner of the building had been, where he knew his son's classroom had been. And and he started digging with his hands. He was pulling out rocks and bricks and and plasterboard, just pulling them out, desperately trying to, to dig through there with his hands, while other people who were there just stood in shock watching him. In fact, one, one man kind of yelled at him and said, just, just stop, just give up. You know, they're all dead. You're, it's not going to do any good. But this man wouldn't stop digging. He just dug for hours on end. You know, 12 hours he was digging. All through the night, he kept digging. 18 hours into the next day, 24 hours. He kept digging with his hands, 36 hours. Finally, at the 38th hour, he heard this muffled groan coming from beneath a piece of plasterboard. So he, he seized that plasterboard and he yanked it up and he, he yelled into the space that was exposed and this darkness down there. He yelled, Armand, that was his son's name. He yelled, Armand, into the darkness. And from the darkness came this slight uh, shaking voice back yelling, Papa. And then other voices started calling out as well. And in the end, they saved 14 of the 33 students from that school. And when they were all out, 
Armand was standing there with his classmates that had been saved. And he said to them, see, I told you my father wouldn't forget us. Well, on Good Friday, Jesus hung on the cross and he, he cried out that lament, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was silence. There was no response, it seemed. The people around said it, it seemed like God didn't answer him. And all through Friday afternoon, Friday evening, there was silence. All through Saturday, there was silence, no response. Saturday night, it was silent. Until Sunday morning, when an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, rolled back the stone, and the power of God flooded that tomb. You know, the breath of God rushed into that tomb. The hand of God, the mighty hand of God, reached into that tomb and did a work of new creation. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It's like when he came out, Jesus was saying, see, I told you my father wouldn't forget us because when Jesus rose from the dead, all of us were saved. Your death can't move toward life unless there's an infusion of incredible power. But the power that raised Jesus from the dead wasn't electricity or some power like that. The power that raised Jesus from the dead was the love of God. God's love is the power that raised Jesus from the dead and God's love has been poured out into every single one of us. God loves every one of us more than we can possibly imagine. And when we open ourselves to his love, when we say yes to his love, his love is poured into us so that we can move from death to life. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was really an incredible story about uh, the father going after his son. Um, and it is true that God, God's love is in us to move us from death to life. And ultimately, this means resurrection, uh, life again after we physically die. But even now, and especially now, I think, we can move from death to life in different ways. Um, we can do this with our, our thoughts. Uh, I generally tend to think more negative thoughts. And so what I've done is lately I've been setting a reminder, a couple of reminders actually on my phone, so that when that goes off, I can be aware of what I'm thinking. And if I am thinking negatively, I can change my thoughts to be more positive. Um, we can go from death to life with our words. We can choose to speak words of love and encouragement to people. Um, maybe we want to think about just one person that we don't speak to uh, very nicely, um, whether that's a sibling or a friend or a spouse, um, whoever that might be. But maybe you just want to start there and uh, start speaking words of love to that person. Um, and we can do it in our relationships. Um, with the help of the Holy Spirit, um, we could practice letting go of grudges. We can, in our conversations, listen to understand another person's point of view. And, uh, and also, um, in the way we live, we can just grow in the fruit of the Spirit, in love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things. So, and that's what Easter is really all about. 
that God so loved us that he gave his son for us, and so we won't have to remain in death, but we can move towards life now and forever. So how is Jesus inviting you to move from death to life today? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for rising from the dead so that we could experience life in all its fullness. Show us ways that we can move from death to life, starting today. Amen. So we're going to share the Lord's Supper now. And this meal really is all about God taking us, moving us from death to life. Your Jesus' body was broken so that we could be made whole. And Jesus' blood was shed so that we could receive his life. So sharing this meal reminds us of all of that, but even more than reminding us of it, sharing the meal is one of the most important ways that the power of God's love is poured into our lives. It's released into our lives so that we can move from death to life. So Lisa's going to read the, the communion passage from 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we'll give you all a minute now so that we can share the bread together. In the same way also he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So now let's receive the cup together. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into this world and living, dying, and rising from the dead for all of us, Also, that we could move from death to life. We receive your love this morning. We receive your grace. We love you and worship you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, Vijay and Joe are going to lead us in one more song of worship. 